You're listening to A Little Happy Podcast with Natty Metter and Mary Susan Buner. It is no surprise that life is more enjoyable when we share it with one another, and certainly is more fun when we can laugh and learn from everyday experiences. Listen here for conversations with guests about the messy and perfect ways we navigate a more authentic life, sharing space to be kind and gentle to ourselves. Thanks for listening to A Little Happy Podcast, small everyday moments that create a big life. This week on A Little Happy Podcast, Mary Susan and I sit down with Jeannie Sager and we talk about the power of women in philanthropy. Jeannie is the director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute, which is housed under the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And she leads WPI's efforts to translate research to practice, truly groundbreaking work. Women hold around 40% of global wealth and are more likely to give of their time, talent, and treasure than men. Jeannie shares a bit more of the research behind these powerful truths, and we talk about the impact of empathy, core values, knowing our worth. We discuss the definition of philanthropy and how we can apply our vision, our value, and our voices in our communities. We hope you leave this conversation as inspired as it left us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode, Philanthropy and Service with Jeannie Sager. Welcome back to A Little Happy Podcast. It's so great to be back with you. Thanks for everyone that continues to listen and like and subscribe to this little happy thing that we've been doing, gosh, for almost a year now. It's crazy to think that we are coming up on a year of uh, this little happy thing uh, that we have created. So thank you for your continued support. Uh, This week, we are so excited uh, to bring on a special guest and the fact that Mary Susan and I are together with a guest on the podcast makes it even more fun. Um, Mary Susan, I'm so glad to be back with you and welcome our guest Jeannie Sager to the podcast. Jeannie, how are you? Oh, so good. And um, congratulations. Happy anniversary. I think that's fantastic. (laughs) You know, we set out to start this thing um, a year ago after Mary Susan and I had continued to have conversation after conversation where I'd call and be like, okay, here's the thing. I need your help. Um, and I would do it with other women, right? Like trying to just get perspective on life. So I could, so we could just live like in this more like gentle space. Mm -hmm. So, um, who would have thought that a year later, here we are, um, and we get to spend this time with you is super exciting. So thanks for, uh, being willing to join us. Well, thank you for this gift. This is a real, your podcast is a real gift. So many, um, probably mostly women. But I imagine their partners are, are <laughs> get a benefit also from <laughs> the chance to allow them to kind of just uh, be in their be in their full selves um, and and be vulnerable and and say I need help <laughs> yeah or I just want to talk this through or just to get to be just to get to yeah. be women oh my gosh so, I thank just you want for to talk this. yeah I just want to talk this through if I could like. What a wonderful place to be if we can just start every sentence with that. Like, can you help me talk this through? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I was thinking back to Mary Susan. So m- the connection for all of us is so fun for me and makes me feel so happy when I think about how my life is connected, Mary Susan, to your life and to Jeannie's is all through the university that we all went to. Mm-hmm. And um, this fact that 
things like philanthropy and service and giving back have connected us far beyond just those experiences with in a, in a work setting or otherwise that we've really been able to extend into each other's lives. So Mary Susan, I didn't know if you wanted to share how sort of we're all connected. That'd be kind of cool. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, Natty alluded to the fact that we all love our university, which is Indiana University. Um, and I think that we um, all show up for various reasons. I mean, to be honest, when you were talking, Natty, you know, um, I think back and and think about all the opportunities that we all have had to to serve. And um, I'm not sure when it started, how it started a long, long time ago, but it's become um, a family. And, and Jeannie, we talked on this before we started recording, the importance of community and how you're moved by it and how we forget to come together because we get so busy. You know, you're so connected over text. It's not like you're not connecting with people throughout the day, but it's not like being in person and having that community um, and, and family. And um, really when she and I connected is when we sat together at a round table mm-hmm. at a family style um, board dinner and started sharing stories So I really think that's the powerful thing about this is, you know, you're coming together to serve, whether it's time, treasure or talent, right? But then breaking it down to these smaller groups when you have that opportunity and you have this sense of community and sharing and coming together and sharing stories. And that's when um, the connection happens and it's magic. And especially Mm. when you get the right people with this with similar value systems, it's not like I hang out with everybody just like me all the time and either do you all. But when you come across those people who value the same thing, authenticity, you know, connecting um, and uh, transparency, I mean, what can I say? It's pure magic and it's totally self-serving. I want more all the time, please. (laughs) That's the word. It's, It's magical. When we allow ourselves to be open uh, to being in community with others. And I think we're still, we're still healing from the forced, um, you know, being forced into uh, isolation during COVID. We're mm-hmm. still kind of coming out of that. And in fact, I think we're still, we're still wary of, mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, and I think uh, also, I think that we're, we appreciate it in a different way now. Um, I hope, I hope there were lessons learned, learned from that, but there is something magical. And in particular for women, Mm. uh, to be able to come, to come together, um, and, and connect in a different and a deeper way. Uh, so as, as Mary Susan shared, you know, we, 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 we came together, we met because of, more of a business slash volunteer opportunity, mm-hmm. but I just came from a really interesting opportunity to be with quite frankly, strangers, folks that I've never met folks who are not in my field directly mm-hmm. that I wouldn't necessarily cross paths with in any other way. Um, all because of a passion around um, an issue. In this case, it was climate change. Mm-hmm. But it, but, but it was, it was one purposefully women mm-hmm. Two, it was intentionally, uh, about problem solving and leaning into creativity and leaning into community and, and creativity. Um, and, and, and three, we didn't know each other. 
Mm-hmm. And we came from all kinds of different backgrounds. There was a woman who uh, develops code for um, stockbrokers to an architect to uh, people who are leading on the front lines of, of climate change and our executive directors and field workers mm-hmm. um, and funders and philanthropists. And we all came together and we got to choose an actual issue. We got to ideate over that issue. The perspective around how to solve that issue came from many different life experiences um, and at the end of the day, we felt like we we felt good, right? Because something came of it. Like we 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 took a minute to really think through a difficult um, problem from from different ends of the spectrum. Folks who thought that this issue is on fire and we have to do something now. To folks who are like, we've got to take us, we have to take a steady. Uh, approach to this because this is long term, and we've got to make. And we were able to just kind of come to consensus in so many different ways. I'm, I'm just coming off of this, so I'm still processing it. Um, so I apologize for kind of just this. No, uh, but I love the words. Yeah, but you it's said a great example of what we kind of wanted to talk about today is just this, this power of uh, of uh, coming together and this, um, what I talk about a lot in my work this innate desire for women to do it together, mm. to, to, to talk about it, to, and, and if we really think about um, whether nature versus nurture or whatever, you know, I, I, I think of the three of us kind of, you know, sitting in a circle in our village, shelling peas or whatever. I mean, we're talking, we're, we're together, we're doing it together. We're not doing it alone. Um, and so it's, it's, it's natural to kind of, Fast forward to something as important as climate change mm-hmm. um, for women to find energy and inspiration in being with other women and community about what are we going to do about this? I mean, mm-hmm. so many, so many examples. Moms demand action. It's a fabulous yeah. example. Mm-hmm. You touched on so many important things that and I kind of want to dive into. You know, the importance of space, the importance of of creativity, the importance of creating time to think. But before we do that, let can you tell us a little bit about what you do? I mean, obviously, Natty and I know you're a real badass. And <laughs> for your time on this podcast, because it's like, she's on our podcast. Yay. But in the other vein of it, but what you do is extremely important. It is, um, it's a big girl job. Like, seriously, you are killing it. So tell people who are listening what you do and the and and the overall approach to it, and then we can dive into some of the things you talked about regarding community and the importance of what, bringing women together, especially under the umbrella of philanthropy. Yeah, thanks so much for that, Mary Susan. So I have the great honor and privilege of leading the Women's Philanthropy Institute, um, and we're housed at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, and we are the only institute that studies gender and philanthropy. Uh, so the bulk of our research really looks at women as donors. And then we have now been able to create um, an index that actually measures giving to women's and girls organizations. Um, so really looking at uh, philanthropy from both those ends. And I'm tasked with research to practice. So we quickly learned, uh, well, certainly I'll back, I'll back it up a little bit. The Women's Philanthropy Institute was founded by Sandra Shahardi and Martha Taylor, who were practitioners. So they were fundraisers out there in the field. 
And they were observing that when they worked with women, it was different. Everything about it, the who, what, where, how, why of working with um, a woman donor was just so much different than working with with male donors. Mm-hmm. And so they they were the first um, first folks to write about this. Um, and then they quickly realized that in order to change behavior, whether it was in the fundraising field or, or with donors, um, they really needed actual rigorous research um, and data around this. And so approached the Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, which was at the time the Center on Philanthropy, to see if they would be interested in kind of taking on uh, this broad important question about gender and philanthropy. And so uh, 2024, uh, we celebrate 20 years at Indiana University since uh, WPI came over. And um, and we have been able to do that. Uh, and the first decade um, of the, the Institute at the school really was focused on building a reputable brand grounded in kind of agnostic, solid research about how women give. And that's our signature report that we do every year is, um, is women give. And um, as the National Advisory Council um, and the former leadership before I came on board began to think about the next decade for WPI, uh, they were really interested in the so what you know, we got the who, what, where, why, and how, uh, and really felt like now was the time to to think about the so what. And so I have really spent, um, I've been now at the Institute the last four years, I really spent a lot of time in what they call the research to practice space. So really meeting um, with, with meeting intentionally with donors and philanthropists and fundraisers and wealth advisors and, and young professionals and fortune, you know, 500 C-suite women uh, to really think about philanthropy um, and how to use what we know about the research to really inform their work and, and be better, do better um, and feel, feel more informed uh, and more confident about really, really using philanthropy as agency, uh, which is what women have been doing for, for the millennia. Since the beginning of time. The beginning of time. Well, I mean, you you shared it because, I mean, just the power of the story you shared about uh, the conference you just came from, Mm -hmm. right? Women from all walks of life, all strangers who get into a room and start to solve for stuff. Yeah. is really powerful. And we see it happening all over the place. I don't think it's unique. I mean, I think that that everyone in society can come together in community, but there is something really special. Um, I, I feel it whenever we have the opportunity to be in this space on the podcast, because mm-hmm. it is a shared community space, virtual or otherwise, right? Um, and so it's so interesting to me, the 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 research and the things coming out of WPI really do feel a bit groundbreaking. And some of it's like validating, like, oh, of course, like, oh, God, thank God, you know. And some of it is um, is really like aha moments as well. And I'd love, um, I, I know we're going to dive into some of the things that are happening at WPI because it's really interesting Some by the numbers. I mean, some of the things that you that you all report out on on an annual basis are just wonderful things to, to celebrate and to be aware of. Um, I'd also be interested in you personally, Jeannie, how you came to find yourself in this position um, that has 
you know, access and influence and being able to share a lot of this information with big audiences. So Mm -hmm. like how you came into this role and, and later, um, the idea of how we define philanthropy, I think is really interesting too. A lot of people think it's just giving, giving, giving of, of money. Mm -hmm. And that is very important. And it can look like these things as well. And I'd love to hear how we can be better informed as women of how we can make an impact in those ways, depending on where we are in our life. So um, that'd be great. And yeah. I want to preface what she's doing, because if you don't live in Indianapolis or Indiana, or you're not connected to Indiana University, which is a part of who the three of us share and who we are with our community. What you're doing has global reach. I mean, and you spend a lot of time um, talking to various cultures about this. So this is very important that you are talking to women all over the world, right? Globally about the importance of this topic. So kind of piggybacking and uh, re-emphasizing what Natty said, you know, how did you get here? What led you here? And and can you talk a little bit about the global uh, reach? Yeah. So the how I got here, you know, at times I get really emotional about this because because like many women, we're our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. So when I was, for, so so it goes back to community. Mm-hmm. So I happened to to know and had gone to school with and and uh, um, met the former, the very first director of WPI, and then certainly the interim director of WPI. Mm-hmm. And when the role came open and they changed it to become a full time role, they reached out to me, and I immediately was like. I'm not an academic. I'm not even an expert in women's philanthropy. I I, I don't lead a women's giving circle. Mm. Um, I don't I don't specifically fundraise just with women. Um, why me? And really had kind of I wanted the job because it just sounded amazing uh, mm-hmm. to be able. It was going to be a jump, right? It was mm-hmm. going to be something different than not what I was currently doing. Um, but I had to kind of make a case for myself. And that was that was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but those women, back to the women, believed in me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I uh, one of my my very first mentors, uh, Bob Payton, who actually mm-hmm. founded the school of the Center on Philanthropy, you know, he told us that there will become a point in your career where you're hired for who you are and not what you do. Mm-hmm. And this was really the first time that I was approached by, um, by, 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 by people who, who want, who, who believed in me. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember Dr. Deb Mesh saying, saying that to me in the interview, she's like, we, we, we want you, we believe in you, you can do this mm-hmm. and, and you are who we want. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And more women need to hear that. Because we all deal with this imposter syndrome, especially um, in the workspace. You know, there's that there's that statistic that if a woman looks at a job description, she thinks she has to cover at least seven to ten of the the required items, and a man only needs to look at uh, field one of those requirements, and they're like, oh, totally, totally qualified. And we just don't operate that way. Right, right. We feel like we have to be, we we have to hit everything and we have to do it well. And, mm-hmm. you know, we just, you know, we're just wired that way. Mm-hmm. Taught, again, nature versus, nature mm-hmm. or nurture, I'm not, I'm not an expert, mm-hmm. but 
I mean, certainly in my professional career, that's how I felt about jobs and positions. And so what has been become clear to me as I've evolved um, and have really settled into this role is the opportunity to stand in my strengths. Mm -hmm. So prior to coming into this role, I really did feel like I had to do all the things well. And um, I quickly learned that when you take a job where you don't, you aren't, you know, an expert in every single bullet point, you can't. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to let some of these things go. And what I what I learned was I love the teaching part. I love being, I love this platform that I have where I get to talk about the research and share those aha moments. Like you said, uh, Natty, I mean, the research really continues to resonate and be relevant um, because people like to see, you can't be what you can't see. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to change behavior, you have to kind of talk about the, especially for women who are, as the research will show, um, feel like they have to get it right mm-hmm. all the time. And that, and, and so different in their philanthropy and it'll cause, so it, it tends to cause a donor paralysis because they're like, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right organization. I don't know if this is the right amount of money. I, you know, it, it, should I, I wouldn't say they're risk averse. They're risk, more risk aware. Um, so to be able to get in front of these, these, these women and say, just do it. Mm-hmm. Like you, the way all of these things that you're feeling, other women feel this, this mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk through that. So let, that let, well, let's find the confidence so that you can say, you know what, I, I, I'm going to do this, you know, and I overthinking that you just explained that we all, uh, you know, experience like Natty and I, like we over, you know what I mean? What is your, I mean, just to kind of, you know, hone in on that for a minute. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is your personal experience with what do you, what is the self-talk that you say to yourself when you start to overthink and oh, can I, or am I in what you like me? That's weird. You want me? That's, you know what I mean? So what is the self-talk that, that you personally say to yourself? So the self-talk to, uh, that I, I say to myself has to do with kind of time. So mm-hmm. kind of, I, I, I try and think, okay, five years from now, 10 years from now, are you, are you going to remember this moment? Are you going to regret that you said yes or regret that you said no? Mm -hmm. What are, you know, I, I kind of talk through for myself and this is hard, I think for, especially for, for, for women, because whether you're whatever kind of mother you are, um, whether it's to, it's whether it's to your furry children or to your, or to your nieces and nephews or to your own kids, you're always thinking about others. Yeah. Right. So, um, so I always try and kind of think through, uh, there are moments where you have to think about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, and this, I've had to learn this, Mary Susan, this is not, this is new. This is kind of a new strategy. <laughs> Is this what I want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do I want to do this? And and because I can come up with a lot of excuses of why I shouldn't do this based on other people mm-hmm. and other lives and 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 other voices. 
So you just, you do, you kind of have to, you have to train yourself. It's a rewiring, I think, of the brain and the heart. Do I want this? And this was a heart, there were a lot of sacrifices by taking this job mm-hmm. um, that, that were not great choices for other people mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and, but I, 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 I just, I got to a place and, and this, and that, and this for lots of, lots of tough decisions that we all or, mm-hmm. or, uh, benchmarking kind of life decisions, right? Mm-hmm. You have to, there's, there's, there's give and take. And so, um, and, and so, yeah, is this, is this, I've, I've, I've gotten to a place and I think, I think all these women who are kind of out there mm-hmm. in this space now, especially in the last decade who are allowing us to be like, yes, that's how, you know, I, I'm thinking about people like Brene Brown, you know, who's really put vulnerability on the map. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, I'm thinking about folks like Glennon Doyle, mm-hmm. who, you, you know, we're talking about our struggles in ways that we never did before mm-hmm. and men are doing it too. Um, so it's not just a gender thing, but, but it's I, been super helpful for me, not only a personally, but also as a leader. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that is, um, I know I, I am going off script a little bit, but Brene Brown, you brought her up, just wrote the forward, uh, to one of my favorite books that's being reissued by, um, Richard War, and it's called falling upward. And Mm. it's about the two halves of your life, right? So what we get caught up in the first half, which, and then the second half, who do I want to be? How do I want to proceed? What do I want to be remembered for? What do I want to learn? Right. So how do we, uh, how do we do this, teach our daughters this sooner so they don't mm-hmm. have to wait till the second part of their life to give themselves the permission? I mean, right. w- when you figure that out, because I know you have a daughter, we all have daughters, please let me know. You can just email me that. You can just put that I in. Just feel, I am hopeful. I think, think out in the subject line, please. I do. I feel, I am hopeful. I do think some of this work, I mean, I think we're of a generation that we're influ- influenced by, uh, 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 and there's all kinds of psychology and these, you know, thesis papers about Mr. Rogers, right? Mm. This whole idea that, I mean, that's, that was the start of this, this idea that you innately have worth and that you're a good person. Mm-hmm. Now kind of fast forward to what our children, the, uh, the lessons that they hear. So I'm very hopeful for Gen Z and and, and they really have a better understanding of self at an earlier age than we did and are, you know, and as, as frustrating as it can be generation, you know, to, to manage different generations and to interact with different generations, they really are much more Mm self-aware and willing to stand up for themselves in a different way, especially in that integrated life work balance. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they don't, they, they actually do think that they can have it all and they're going to, they're going to try and figure it out. <laughs> and understand that it, it doesn't have to look perfect. Yes. I think there's this perfectionism that I, you know, I think inevitably we all carry around as women that I'm, I'm not going to do something kind of to what you're saying, Jeannie, because I either don't think I can, or I'm afraid that I'm going to fail. Right. And I wonder, you know, we talk so there's so many good conversations that happen around this kind of stuff, around the idea that, you know, together we are stronger and the even talking about the words like vulnerability and authenticity and anxiety, like these words that we'd probably never 
were really able to talk about before are so much more available to us to be able to experience together. And I wonder if you have perspective on that from a philanthropic standpoint Mm -hmm. and what that means of how women are serving in their communities and how that behavior influences the way they're showing up in their more like authentic selves. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really interesting perspective to hear. So I've used the word intentionality a couple times um, during our conversation already this morning. And so one of the things that I talk to women about, in particular with regards to their philanthropy, is the process of understanding what we call vision, values, and voice. Mm -hmm. So what we know from the research is that women are drawn to um, a more broad definition of philanthropy. So as you said, Natty, it's not just about money. In fact, money actually turns them off. Like if you, if you ask a a woman, if they're a philanthropist, odds are they're going to be like, oh no, I don't, I don't write big checks. I don't have money. I don't do that. But if you ask them if they volunteer, if they serve on boards, you know, if they advocate for a cause, if they're willing to tap into their social networks uh, to to educate and learn, all immediately once we talk about generosity, all the different ways one can be generous, women are like all on board, right? And so this process of vision, values, voice allows women to kind of think through. What it, what are their values? Mm-hmm. You know, again, this 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 taking a, the, a minute in their in your busy life to kind of really consider what are the things that you really care about. Mm-hmm. What what guides your core decision making? Mm-hmm. And then, as you think about the change you want to see in the world, what is that vision that you see mm-hmm. for society um, that that you feel like you can play a role in, or that you're already playing a role in? Mm-hmm. And then what is that voice? What is that legacy that you mm-hmm. want to leave back to what Mary was sharing, Mary Susan was sharing about earlier? Um, and so just going through that process and putting it down on paper and holding yourself accountable to it and revisiting it and revising it um, on occasion is really, it's a, I'd like to say it's an exercise of the head and heart that mm-hmm. is that is worthy of your, of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Warren Buffett always says that when, when he looks at who was the better philanthropist in, in um, his family, he always, he always talks about his, his sister mm-hmm. because he said she gave of her time. Mm-hmm. And that is the one thing we all have the same amount of mm-hmm. in, um, in each day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do you value, um, know that like like so how do you value that mm-hmm. where do, where are you spending your time we're all equalized that way right we all each mm-hmm. just have 24 mm-hmm. hours if we're lucky in a day and you um, just touched on how to dis i mean kind of dis kind of breaking down the myths of philanthropy right like we go into it thinking oh my god the word philanthropist that means a lot of money right but you mm-hmm. just kind of dispelled the myths the myth of of what it means to be charitable, right? Could, yeah. could you kind of expand on that a little bit yeah. more? And I love that story about Warren Buffett, like, hey, I can stroke a check in 10 seconds, but she was giving her time and her heart in service, right? And I don't mm-hmm. think that maybe sometimes women um, give themselves enough credit for doing that. Well, I think it, I think it sometimes gets lumped into this whole invisible labor that we do. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the careers and professions that we've like landed into, um, a lot of those those professions were things that we used to do for free. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> we just do, you know, mm-hmm. just do. And now we get, you know, now we get paid for it. But what I'll say is um, why, why I think it's important, especially for 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 women um, to kind of own and and own their philanthropy and see it as such, uh, because there is power in that. Mm-hmm. And um, so when we do this vision values voice exercise, we always talk about a giving plan. And a part of that giving plan is going through your own philanthropic autobiography. So, you know, who who inspired you? What was what's your first mm-hmm. What's your first memory of philanthropy? And then going through this values piece, we find that women come to see that a lot of their giving is transactional, that it's actually not connected to what they what they value mm-hmm. um, and the issues that they care about. It's, it's much more about, I need to give to the kids school and, you know, so-and-so ask, you know, my friend is on the board of this organization and I, I need to buy the ticket to that gala. And so- What's interesting about women who who, who want to kind of um, recapture and you you know be much more thoughtful about their philanthropy is really understanding what their giving plan looks like. But to your point, Mary Susan, it's not about just about money. So mm-hmm. I often have people look at that and and say to themselves, okay, I know I I do this, I give this much money to these organizations, and these organizations are important to me, but I also give my time and my talent to these organizations. And so again, trying to get get women to embrace the power of money because I think that's where that's there's a there's a lot of research and people um talking about this, but this idea that again, put put a dollar figure on your time and your talent. Mm. And add that add that Maybe to your that as, a, as a measurement yes. of your of your giving. And that's going to get us more comfortable, right, with with, with money and that power of that that thinking that your time is valuable mm-hmm. and it is money. And so and then you're going to get a full picture of all the different things that you do. And hopefully it makes you really proud that you're showing up in your community this way. Mm-hmm. But also it allows you to think, gosh, you know, you know, because, you, you, you know, maybe maybe the following year you, you don't have as much income to get mm-hmm. to these things. So how do I readjust so that I can still express my values, mm-hmm. um, even though I can't write a check, mm-hmm. or vice versa? You run out of you do run out of time. Your mm-hmm. your your bandwidth is only so much, and you say to yourself, you know what? I'm writing a check this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there are great people doing great work. I I can't I can't do it this 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 year. Um, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna show up a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. But it's just a lovely. It's just a it's a really nice way to kind of for those who are inclined to do so, to like kind of just create that roadmap for yourself. Mm. That's a great exercise. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. There's something about um, like em- empowerment in that exercise too, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the vision, value, voice, and the, particularly the voice part because that's where I get stuck is like I think like – you know, we've all been through seasons of life, right? That pull us away from values or pull us away from understanding what our vision could be, or we get lost. I mean, I have, I hope other people have gotten lost on the path, right? Yeah. So if if I've been able to come back around and I hold value again in a certain way, or I, I see a vision that I, I might not still feel so confident about being able to live, it's the voice part that I can sometimes get stuck on because either I'm going to sound like an idiot or I don't know what I'm talking about, or does this make sense? Will it, will it resonate with other people? So I wonder if, 
in doing that too, it provides the space for us to be able to feel more confident and literally speaking it out loud. My daughter is five and she'll tell us sometimes when, um, when she wants to hear something specifically, she'll say, mom, use your out loud voice. Mm -hmm. Like as if like, just say it out. Like, I want to hear you say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And I have used that before, like at work and stuff, because it, it does, it's this, it's this exercise that I'm not so used to of feeling like I can speak in a room full of people that I might not otherwise feel comfortable Mm -hmm. speaking my truth or being vulnerable or honest. And so I wonder if there's perspective around that too you know, in the sense of philanthropy, yes. And in the sense of women showing up into the world every single day, how an exercise like this could help in that and help in prioritizing the things that are most important to them. A lot of times people, women use the, their giving plan as a way to say no. Right. Because we oh. say yes all the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really wonderful way when approached by an amazing cause, a fabulous friend, mm-hmm. To say, to be able to legitimately look at someone in the eye and say, I really love what you're doing and the work that you're doing. And it's so important. Um, but I, I, I have determined um, and, and um, uh, prioritized uh, these causes mm-hmm. um, that are close to my heart and that I'm really, really invested in um, for this year, um, but really applaud what you're doing. And, and to your point, this values piece is really important. And, and I, mm-hmm. so, you know, when we go to uh, uh, bridal showers and we have to write down advice for the bride or advice for oh, the yeah. couple. <laughs> yes. You're always like, well, I always, so my go-to, so if anybody wants to borrow it, my go-to has always been about core values. Mm-hmm. Like really try and remember the core values that you share with your partner because that that will get you through tough times. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's kind of going back to that found that foundation um, and, and, and really remembering, remembering that. Um, and, and it's the same for uh, not only how you show up in your relationships, but certainly how you show up in the community. And so if you go through that exercise, it's not, it's not futile. It is really mm-hmm. actually purposeful and helpful mm-hmm. um, to try and and determine what 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 those things are. Because we just we just you know we just kind of travel through the world and go about our business and do our things, but we don't allow ourselves the luxury to really. Which and it's as as we've already talked about, it's so important mm-hmm. um, to really ground ourselves. Mm-hmm. It is that anchor when, whenever with women get bombarded with all the different choices, it can really make the difference on just anchoring you and giving you the permission on which, what to say yes to and what not to say yes to. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's something too, around this conversation. I think, um, I leave these conversations feeling so inspired about the way that I can like leave my house and go out into the world and feel more confident about who I am and that there are other women thinking about this. Like I'm not the only one who walks around feeling worried or frustrated or like, I, like, I don't know how I can make an impact. I'm only this person and I don't, I can't make a difference here. We've talked about the fact that we all have children and, and those people who, like you said, either have children or I think all of us influence our youth. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you have kids or not. Right. So how Mm -hmm. Jeannie, like 
I, I had, we had a guest on, um, named Jody Bondi Norgard and she, um, has been doing a ton of work in the space of empowering young girls. She served on, um, the white house's gender, um, uh, council. She's done all this amazing work. We had this cool conversation around this deep, deep need to empower and support our young girls and our young boys. And I wonder if there's anything in the work that you're doing around how we can, as women who might just be a little bit more down the road, be able to put some of that into action. Yeah. So we did a study about the inner trans, uh, intergenerational transmission of, um, of generosity. So mm. the learn, you know, how do we, uh, how do we um, teach giving? How do we show up? And what we found was that in this study, it was more important in particular for daughters to see their parents model giving and volunteering versus um, being simply told to do so. Mm. So it was, it was, so for young boys, for boys, they could be told to do so and just, and, and they would do it. But for, but for daughters, they needed to actually see you doing it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that's a takeaway um, for all of us as we think about how do we um, certainly empower our young girls to, uh, to think about service and community in a different way and giving back, uh, but also for our boys to be mm -hmm. talking about it. And the, and the bottom, uh, and the through line for every, for, 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 for both sons mm -hmm. and daughters was you got to talk about it. You got to talk mm -hmm. about giving, um, it, you know, make it, make it part of the family conversation, make it part of a conversation about family values. What are your individual values? And these are, our, these are our fam. This is what I hope our family values are. How do you feel about that? And there's all kinds of opportunities to have those conversations um, in all types of different kinds of families. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, but, but it's important to be talking about it. It's important mm -hmm. to be talking about it. Yeah. We, um, we've been having a conversation at our house recently about what the meaning of life is. Like, you know, really, um, wow, easy no. stuff to talk about. We're at that age right now where like, we have a lot of curiosity here, which uh -huh. is super cool. And as a grown up, I'm not ready for any of it because right. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I keep coming back to is this, this idea that I think most of us are set up in a way, or I hope to be set up in a way that it back to the Mr. Rogers idea that like mm -hmm. part of this whole thing is helping, mm -hmm. is helping another person, helping another activity, helping ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big one that I'm working on is like, it doesn't have to be external. It could be just helping ourselves, advocating for ourselves, healing mm -hmm. ourselves. And so, um, I love the perspective of just, it's the like practice what you preach kind mm -hmm. of thing in front of our youth. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think that's really, really important. And, you know, I am reflecting back what you talked about regarding kids and, and everything, Natty, and, um, you know, and everything you've shared about your, your expertise. And thank you for sharing that because it really does help kind of just break down what we are living, but you're putting words into things that organize my thoughts. So I really appreciate that. That is very helpful. Um, but typically, you know, when I have been put in a position of, of, you know, deciding time, treasure, or talent, it typically has come from something that I didn't choose or really want 
to be a part of. So um, then you have to stop and assess, okay, well, I didn't really ask for this challenge, you know, whether it's a diagnosis of a, of a child who's mm-hmm. sick or, or, or something of that, you know, but you've had this experience, you've lived through it. And then when you get to the other side of it, then you're in a position of how do I help others who have not yet done that yet? And that seems to be my journey in life. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And I resist it every single time because it's, you know, it's it out of something good can, can come something beautiful. But that that suffering of and, you know, the example, I use the example of my middle daughter who was born legally deaf, deaf, you know, from the get go. Well, um, in the state of Indiana, there were not a whole lot of kids that were here who were doing audioverbal communication. So mm-hmm. my point is 10 years later, we helped start a not-for-profit for other parents who didn't have to suffer like we did to figure it out for our daughter. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for that. I didn't even necessarily want to do that, to be honest with you. Um, but it was something that we both, my husband and I both felt compelled and necessary to leave the world better. So mm-hmm. I also just want to touch on, it doesn't always mm-hmm. have to feel like this is awesome. I need to like, this is incredible. It goes back to that value system. What do we stand for? Mm-hmm. And it can be messy and it can be hard. And you may not even necessarily know that you're called to do it. But if mm-hmm. your value system is I need to help others and I can, then I should. Right. And I, and then yeah. it becomes this beautiful tapestry of, 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 awesome. But what I'm trying to convey is it can be a really messy journey getting there. It's not just like the sitting in a room and being like, yes, I'd like to start that. I'd like yeah. to do that. Yeah. Uh, it can be emotional. It can get really I love messy. that perspective, Mary Susan. There are so many things that come our way that are dropped in our laps that we never asked for mm, and we had you. to show up for. Yes. Yeah. And really sitting with yourself to have that conversation, that conversation of, okay, yeah. like, okay, you know, here we are. Yeah. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. I think, you know, service out of adversity is something that is probably the most impactful parts that I've been able to experience mm-hmm. is exactly to that. Things that have happened that I do not want to have happen to me because it's inconvenient and it's scary um, and then to be able to turn around and say like, God, I just, I hope I can cr- help create a softer place for people who will inevitably be found in the same situation because none of us are immune to any of that stuff. Mm-mm. So I love that perspective too. Of yeah, And that's that, and that's, and that's empathy, mm. right? And um, it, it, empathy is, is powerful. All these cool words to what we like feel, you know? Like validate us. Like I'm just gonna go around and be like, it's it's I'm empathetic. That's what it is. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it, it and again, you know, because my my research, you know, my research head. So when asked, women will say that empathy motivates their giving. Mm. For men, it's more about self-interest. But women are, are are able to imagine what it's like to be food insecure. Mm. They're able to put themselves in a mother's shoes uh, um, and and think through. And and to your point, Nanny Mary, they Mary Susan, they um they can imagine like you. Well, you 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 knew what it was like to deal yeah. with uh, and have to. Mm-hmm. 
find resources Mm -hmm. and and advocate um, for your Mm -hmm. child. And you wanted to pay that forward. I mean, that you had empathy for other parents who were going to have to have that same journey. Yes, I didn't want to. You wanted to make it easier for them. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You just completely, you know what? Your work here is done. You literally just tied my entire life together with like one sentence. Thank you for that. You can drop the mic now. I mean, really though, there's something, ma- again, we started with the, with the idea of things being magical and there is something about that, about, you know, getting people together, however that looks to be, and and just to decide, I'm going to show up here just 1% more vulnerable than I was before and see what happens. And then I think that's the coolest part is this idea that she, as I think you were sharing at the beginning, Jeannie, with the um, conference you went to, like sharing experience um, from all walks of life, help us make informed decisions about how we want to move forward. Mm-hmm. And thank God we have the ability to do that. And thank God we all are different. You know, and that we can come to places like this to be able to share some of that. I wish I would have known, you know, I I wish I would have known that when I was younger. Like if you were just, just a little more honest, you know, or just a little more vulnerable or feel a little braver to say that out loud, um, it might've been softer for you in these moments. Yeah. Well, and, and, and knowing that there are spaces where you can be that, that's also a big thing is like, how do we seek out spaces Mm -hmm. where we can Mm -hmm. be our more authentic self. Oh, don't that's have to so with a mask. I'll tell you the one of the first exercises yeah. we did at this conference of strangers, they had us walk around and not talk. And we had to stop and find you know, like the nearest person that w- maybe that we didn't have, have a conversation with the night before. Mm-hmm. And we had to look into their eyes. Like the, the, the first woman I, I did this with looking in her eyes, these beautiful big eyes, I could tell she was so uncomfortable all I could think was just keep smiling, just keep smiling. And then she'll smile too. And, um, we'll, we'll get through this, you know, but it was. And so fast forward to, you know, 48 hours later, like we're, you know, we're hugging. Um, we're saying, I promise I'll call you the next time I'm in Atlanta being present in a direct way. That way is it's pretty powerful. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge myself to do that when I'm just out and about in, in life, you know what I mean? Because it's so easy to be distracted, but that connection that you're talking about really stopping and being present and looking at some of this. but I do think it's absolutely awesome that you, your first, um, coping mechanism is I'm just going to smile. I love that. <laughs> just gonna smile. The truth is, I mean, that says a lot about your energy and who you are and your value system. And I mean, I've never been around you when you don't have amazing energy and positive energy. So I think that says a lot about you because I don't think that would be like majority of people's first instinct. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great run away and cry. No, that's a, that's right. a bad instinct right. to do that. No. That would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it seems like a good exercise though. And realizing also I, I can be a, a person of many words that we don't always need the words, right? We can just be, we can sit in space with one another and that can be just as powerful too. So I'm going to, we're going to bring that. That's going to be like a, like an icebreaker. Talk about breaking well, the ice you know, I came over to the Buner house where there's four women, three, three daughters. Zach Buner would say, why so many words? Why so yeah. many words? 
<laughs> with four women in the house. I don't understand why so, why so many words. Right. right. Well, you know, that's the power of women. Right. So, um, Jeannie, this has been so fun. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us this morning, um, diving into a lot of this stuff. If people are interested in continuing to learn more about what you're up to and what the Women's Philanthropy Institute are up to. Can you tell us, can you point yeah. us in a direction of where to go? Yeah. So first I invite anybody who wants to, to connect with me on LinkedIn. So just look up Jeannie Infante Sager. You'll be able to find me. Um, but then all of our work um, at WPI is open source. So you can go to philanthropy.iupy.edu slash Women's Philanthropy Institute and you'd be able to find all of our um, all of our reports. Um, we also make sure that we try and curate uh, those those reports. If you want to dive in and read the whole thing, you can. But otherwise, there are executive summaries that include key findings um, along with questions and conversation starters. Uh, so whether you're a donor or a philanthropist or whether you're a fundraiser or a wealth advisor or however you want to um, engage in the research, we we try and help you figure out why it, why it matters, uh, and why it's important for you. So, so check it out. It's super awesome stuff. And there's, there is so much good information on the WPI website. So we hope that you do check that out. We will also put in the show notes, how you can connect with Jeannie on LinkedIn. You'll find this episode and all of our other episodes from a little happy podcast on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you'll be able to find this episode. Uh, please give us a follow on Instagram, a uh, little happy podcast Instagram page where you can find um, some of our uh, sessions from before and what we're up to over there. Uh, we certainly continue to appreciate so much um, the support you've given this little happy space. We hope that it carves out just maybe an hour of your day to find a softer place to land. Uh, so until next week, um, I, I'm going to go and do a vision value voice exercise. Mary Susan, we're going to talk about that the next I time. I can't wait. I mean, that's like amazing. And, you, and, and thank you. I know Natty's going to close this out, but you're incredibly fierce. Thank you for the work you're doing on behalf of, of all people, but specifically for me. Keep being fierce, girl. Thank you mm. so much. Truly grateful for uh, the opportunity to be with you um, and your listeners today. So, so, so grateful. It's been super fun. We'll have to do it again. We'd love to have you come back. Would love that. So we hope that um, until we find you again, that you are kind and you are a little bit more gentle with yourself. And we hope that you find a little happy along the way. We'll chat again really soon. <laughs>